Blog Talk Radio. Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented talk radio show and podcast. Each broadcast, we dedicate about 30 minutes to explore contemporary issues and solutions in education leadership, and this is your host, Brian Perkins. Uh, I'm excited today. We have a special guest that has uh, joined us uh, from Boston. We have Dr. Claire McCarthy, who is a um, a pediatrician at Boston Children's Hospital and an assistant professor at Harvard Medical School. Uh, she's a guest writer, um, has been in the past for the Huffington Post, and is currently senior editor for the Harvard Health Publishing and um, is the spokesperson for uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics. So welcome, Claire. Glad to have you. I'm happy to be here. I should say I'm one of the spokespeople for the American Academy of Pediatrics. I'd like to think I'm the only one, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for uh, offering that clarification. Um, So um, for those of you who are faithful listeners, welcome back, and thank you for joining us again, uh, being a part of our um, listening family. And to the new listeners, we're glad that you've joined us. Uh, we, I have to disclose, you know, we, uh, Claire and I were having a great conversation uh, before we even uh, started the, today's broadcast. And so I am um, excited to talk to her a little bit about um, this idea of uh, constructive criticism for our kids uh, as a father of four. And uh, I, I know that I personally have struggled with how to offer just the right m- amount of, of uh, feedback. And um, I know that there are probably a lot of parents that have uh, struggled with the same. Uh, we've seen uh, countless uh, uh, posts on on social media right now where parents are with their children in a different uh, way these days uh, with them offering uh, being their, their uh, teacher, the principal, the counselor. Um, and, and so they are in a position where whether they want to be or not, they are primary educators uh, for their children right now. And so, um, well, there are teachers that have some deal of, of, of training in this area. Not all parents are well-trained in the area of providing feedback. And so uh, Claire uh, wrote an excellent uh, article in the uh, Harvard Health Publishing for the Harvard Medical School and um, had a chance to read through it and just invited her to come and share a little bit about offering criticism and um, and uh, the the title of the uh, the article was think hard before shaming children and um, Claire suggested in the the article that there's a thin line uh, between criticism and and shaming and so we're going to explore a few of the ideas uh, um, that Claire shared in this article. Uh, that um, um, I'm, I'm curious about myself. And one point, Claire, you, you mentioned, you said uh, that 
sometimes children can't change what's being shamed. And so the, not everybody's a star athlete and, and people make mistakes. Um, and some students are more introverted than others. Um, I think about this when I see parents at, whether it's at the soccer field or at the basketball games who are yelling and, and telling their kids to do better from the sidelines. You say a little bit more about that, about, uh, about the things that uh, sometimes children are being shamed for that they can't change. Sure. I mean, as a parent, it's just so easy, right, to, to slip into it without realizing it. As a parent, we always want the best for our kids. We want them to be the best people. We want them to have the most options in life. We, we want to be proud of them. We want them to be proud of themselves. And sometimes something as innocent as saying, um, you know, uh, do you really want to go out looking like that? So an example I give in the piece, or why do you hang out at home all the time instead of going out with other kids? A little less, little less of a thing right now and during the pandemic, that we can – without meaning to make our children feel like they aren't good enough, that they aren't attractive enough, that they don't fit in. Um, and those it can be very well-meaning comments. We want our children to excel in sports, but we sometimes forget that, you know, we're not the coach. It's, mm-hmm. it, you know, we, we all see it all the time. I want, before we talk a little bit, I want to go back to something that you said in the in the beginning, that we're all spending right now a bit more time with our kids in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm living that as well. I have um, one young adult and two teenagers, including one teenager who had to finish her college semester at home, um, at home with me. And I think that we, we're having a lot of interactions with our family, I think more than mm-hmm. the teenagers would like. And you pointed out that, you know, we're not used to being teachers or principals or counselors. I think one thing I really want to say to all the parents out there is, exactly, you're not. And we don't have to be all those people. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. I think we sort of feel like right now we need to do extra talking to our kids about doing extra well. And we feel like because they don't have a teacher or a principal or a counselor that we need to be those people. And I think I just... We're all in survival mode now. We're going to make it through this. It's going to be okay somehow. Um, but I don't. I think parents should not feel that they have to take on all those roles. Excellent advice. Excellent, excellent. And and then um, you you mentioned uh, in your article um, about uh, the the part of sometimes what is being challenged um, is a part of the child's identity. Um, you want to say a little right, bit about yes. that and why that? Sure. I mean, not only are not all of us great athletes or perfect students or all that kind of thing, but sometimes we, you know, we just, like, the way of, when we say to somebody, you're really going to go out looking like that, we could be saying it to our child who has very specifically chosen mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. they're dressed because it's important to them. And now, now we've not only made them feel like they look bad, but we've made them feel like there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, we're talking about gender identity and those kinds of things this comes under. Um, but sometimes the way kids are and the way kids chosen carefully, and when we criticize it, you know, very innocently usually, we can uh, – we can be doing real damage by undermining something that's really important to our child. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let me ask you: Do you do you often see as a pediatrician do do children come to you sometimes and ask you for advice about what they can do, or ask you to um, to allow or to have a few words with their parent about some of the words they're saying, or is this a difficult topic? Uh, is it something that even children realize what's going on when it's when it's tough on them and they're they're struggling with it? I think kids do realize it. I mean, I think you know we. we... We as grown-ups still smart, right? When our parents say something to us, I still mm-hmm. smart when my mother says something about mm-hmm. my parenting. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think that as much as a kid may say that they don't care what we think, mm. sure they mm-hmm. do. Sure they sure. do. And I think, you know, our words really do have power. I, you know, as um, I certainly have had patients of mine talk to me about kind of running interference with their parents. Generally, it comes out of a conversation, a confidential conversation that I might be having with them, confidential meaning I've asked the parent to leave the room or the patient showed up without their parent, and we're talking about how things are going at home and there's an issue, and I will offer to mm-hmm. have a conversation with the parent. I've been a pediatrician for 30 years, so I've, there's a lot of my patients who literally known me their entire life, and, so, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've known their parents that long, and, and I think a lot of teenagers when I say that to them they're either they're like oh no it's not going to work anyway or um like wow you would do that you could do that I Mm -hmm. think that they don't always think about having someone else advocate for them or or try to help their family understand where they're coming from and really that's the heart of it right where is your kid coming from when they do something Mm -hmm. sure and and the reason I asked the question because I was just thinking about um, the relative ease or difficulty um, a child might face uh, with uh, broaching the, com- the the subject with a parent, um, and whether or not it's something that they they even kind of consciously understand is going on. I think you know that when we say they feel they may they may. Uh, say they don't feel it, they don't care what the parent says, they're going to do what they want to do, but do they really, do they really realize that they have the, the power, the voice to say, here's what's happening, this is how you're making me feel? And I, I was just curious if, if, you, if you see that children do seem to have that. Um, I, I, my experience has been that they, um, they will, even as much as I've tried to ensure in mind that you can, you can talk to me, you can tell me what's wrong, but that it's not an easy subject when they, they feel as though, uh, you've been, uh, tough on them. Right. Right. No, certainly. I mean, I think there's, and a lot of it's going to depend on the kid. It's going to depend on your relationship, um, and whether they have the confidence, really, to say, no, wait a minute, you know, I think you're wrong. Because that's the danger here is that they think that we're right, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that's, mm-hmm. that's what's – if they think we're wrong, we're probably okay, right? We just, we're not, it's not going to help our relationship with them, but our kids will be okay. Um, sure. It's when they think, oh, my gosh, they are right. There's something wrong with me. I I really think the onus, and I'm coming at this as a parent, a pediatrician, and I say Mm -hmm. it, I think the onus needs to be on parents uh, 
to, especially as their child becomes an adolescent, to really stop themselves before they criticize. I mean, we talk about constructive criticism, and, you know, that's, I sometimes feel like people hide behind that, right? They're like, oh, well, I'm just giving constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you think about the word constructive, right, construction, build. So mm-hmm. does what you say build, mm-hmm. or does it tear away? And I, I think that we as parents and as people who are working with kids need to really stop ourselves before we say something. And, you know, as I talk about that in the, my piece, you know, ask some questions. In the, you know, like the first two questions I said everybody should ask themselves is, first of all, is this something they can change? And that's where, the, you know, like the athlete, the student, the whatever, I think we, we should be – we shouldn't be asking something that's impossible. We all have dreams for our children. I remember the moment I realized my, my eldest was not going to be a ballerina. It was just not <laughs> happening. And, and, mm-hmm. and I was going to have to let that one go in a big way. I mean, um, and I've had more, more substantive realizations since then. I was a brand-new parent then. But, you know, some, so we, you know, can they change it? And then the second question is, is it important that they change it? I mean, if you're going to... Um, you know, like a, a wedding or some sort of fancy thing and your kid comes out dressed in grunge, you know, that's probably disrespectful to the people you're going to, and maybe they need to change mm-hmm. their clothes. Mm-hmm. But if they're mm-hmm. going to school or they're going to the grocery store, like, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. how important mm-hmm. is this? And if your kid mm-hmm. is doing perfectly fine in school, you know, they're getting A's and B's, they're doing their they have a strong social network, they're involved in extracurricular activities, does it really matter that they get straight A's? I think we need to kind of stop ourselves in that moment and say, you know, how important is this? And if if we decided that it is important that they change it, you know, maybe we are concerned um, that they're kind of holed up doing screens, they're, you know, and and not, um, we're concerned that they're really not getting their work done at all, that um, there's something that really does need to change, then I think you need to stop before you open your mouth and say, like, is this a good place and time to say anything? Mm, and this is when I sure. have to get to myself all the time. I'm mm-hmm. like, it comes, I'm, I'm impulsive and a little bit of a control freak sometimes, and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to talk to you about this now. Not stopping to think about, is this sure. the best moment? Are they really receptive sure. to it? Sure. Um, sure. And, and, and if and everything also, is an emergency right now, like what, what is, right, what's right. really urgent, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then thinking about, do they want to change the behavior? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, our children, as they enter adolescent, they become different and apart from us, right? That's their job. Our job mm-hmm. is to get them ready to be independent, and their job is to do it. Mm-hmm. And so if there's something we're feeling like criticizing that our kid is doing, I think it's important for us to think about why. Why are they doing it? Instead of just getting mad at a kid who's holed up in their room all the time, or like, are they okay? Mm-hmm. Are they depressed? Or are they up there like, you know, we're writing the next great American novel? Like, do <laughs> we understand where what it is they're where they're coming from? Um, sure. I think that's so important and something we very often do not do. 
Yes, thank you. Uh, For those of you who have just joined us, we're having a conversation with Dr. Claire McCarthy, who is a pediatrician at uh, Boston Children's Hospital. And um, we're offering some advice for parents, but really adults, on providing constructive criticism uh, to children um, and, and using from the broadest sense of the word children and teens and adolescents and so forth. Um, I, you know, you were, you mentioned, and I really appreciate what you said about uh, breaking down the, the, the phrase constructive criticism and saying it's building, it's about building. And one area that uh, has been the big topic of de- in developmental circles is around uh, building self-esteem and and positive self-esteem. Uh, I have often said what I also want to do while ha- making sure my children and the children that I might teach um, have uh, a healthy sense of self-esteem, but also a healthy sense of self, what they, who they are and what they can do. And it's like, not everyone is a star student or athlete and that's okay too. Uh, there, I, I'd love to hear your opinion um, about this idea of, of kind of equal treatment to uh, individuals on a team, for example, um, where, um, and I know there are a lot of coaches out there that have said to me that they don't think it's the right thing to do is that everybody gets a trophy. Um, there are some children that don't, aren't stars. They don't, that it's, they haven't done anything to earn a trophy. They're a part of a team and you don't always, you're not always recognized as a part of the team. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about that? Does that, is that actually, is that, is that part of the, the feedback loop? Do you think it's doing us harm or is it helping with the children? I guess I'm kind of in the camp that not everybody gets a trophy. Um, mm-hmm. we, <laughs> with, uh, with five kids, we have just, they're mm-hmm. just, so many trophies. I mean, I, some children were just horrible at sports who always got trophies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the but at the same time, everybody has strengths. I mean, I don't know that we do our kids um, a great service if we're saying, "Oh, aren't you just awesome at everything?" Because they're mm-hmm. not, are they? Right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if we if we're constantly saying to them that they are the perfect greatest thing and that everything they do is just you know, um, awesome. Then they go out into the world, and other people are like, um, no, and they're not ready. They're not so ready, I think right. You want to be kind of specific about praise. You know, but everybody on T-ball team may not, it's a T-ball, because I just, that was the one where everybody came home with trophies, and I'm like, you're kidding, right? Like, my kid maybe went up <laughs> once and hit it off a tee, and we get a trophy. Um, but, but everybody has got something that they do, and I think some of the best sure. coaches, the kids that I've seen have been the ones that have really been able to recognize each person's strength and play to it and point out specifically what they're doing. So I think in terms of um, self-esteem and praise and building that, you want to be specific. So, you know, like I really liked the way that you said that, or I really, you know, that was a really good interaction you had just there. And I like liked how you passed the ball there or, um, I'm really proud that you got that good grade on that test, or I'm, you know, I feel happy about 
the way that you talk to your friends about that thing you were worried about. I mean, I think that we pick something we we're, we're specific as to because they don't mm-hmm. if just like we become like the grown-ups in Charlie Brown if we're always criticizing. Wah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. We become a bit like that too if we always praise, right? Uh, because then it's both don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. So and I, that's why I, I said think, um, uh, a healthy sense of self also right, that they exactly. they understand who they are and and that maybe they aren't the star basketball player, but they there are things that they may do well uh, as a part of the basketball team. Right. And I think you can. I think we need to get to know our kids all over again when they become teenagers. Right. And I think that. That's where you've got to find the moments where they're open to talking. I love the car sometimes because, you know, nobody has to look at each other and you can quickly change the subject. Um, And you ask open-ended questions, you know, tell me about. What do you think about such and such? You know, the – I was thinking such and such. What You know, what what have you been thinking about? And just let them tell you. Uh, get to know them, engage with them on the things they enjoy as opposed to the things you want them to enjoy, mm-hmm. and let them show themselves to you. And that, just as you were talking about building that healthy sense of self, that gives you clues as to what it is they're proud of about themselves mm-hmm. and what it is they may need help with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes our be- it's, a be- it's better timing than others to address something. Uh, And I think you you did mention that towards the end of your article about uh, offering suggestions. Um, I think timing is really important to consider, is that when a child is upset, that that may not be the best time to to say something or even in public. You want to expand on your thoughts about that? Yeah, sure. I think that's shaming can be particularly, well, you're at much higher risk of shaming if you criticize in public. And I think there are times, like if your child is doing something that's dangerous or if your mm-hmm. child's been rude to somebody or something like that, mm-hmm. where you, you probably do need to speak up. But outside of that, I think you really need to, to bite your tongue and wait until another time. And then I think using kind of eye language of I noticed this or I was thinking this, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Or, I, this made me upset when you did this. I think that mm-hmm. becomes important. And you mm-hmm. made the, the great point, too. If, if they're really upset and uh, they're, they can't hear you anyway, and sometimes sure. you end up causing more trouble and, and making them withdraw more, as opposed to get a, everybody gets their space, they go off to their corners, and mm-hmm. then in sure. a better moment. Um, and you might even say, I'd really like to talk with you about this, what, you know, could we talk later? What about this time? What's a good time for you? And try to try to let everybody come at an agreed time, which doesn't always work. Sometimes you do have to be in their faces, but sure, if you can at sure. least give that a try, sure. it's a good idea. Sure. You know, one, one thing that really helped me um, just kind of be self-reflective in these moments was just practicing mindful um, activities. And, and um, one of my colleagues said to me once, it's not so much the offense, it is the, your reaction to it. And so just being, as a parent, being 
conscious that uh, sometimes we get upset and it compounds whatever it is that we we want to say. And so giving ourselves understanding that um, we we outside of, as you've already mentioned, it being a dangerous situation or they've done something rude and obnoxious to another individual. But but if it can wait until the calmer heads prevail, uh, it's a good idea to do that. Yes. No, absolutely. When my children were little, the trick I would use with them is that um, when they would do something bad and we're out in public, I would just look at them and I'd say, consequences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was my own <laughs> word it. for you're something that's not okay and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it. And it, like, it did the trick because they knew. Sure. Um, sure. And then it also gave me a chance sometimes to calm down and because sometimes if I did something in the moment, I might meet out a consequence that was really did not fit the crime or did not work with the sure, logistics of sure. my day. Sure. Um, and by saying consequences, it allows everybody just have a moment and then we, and we'll figure it out. And it's sure. a little harder to do that with an 18-year-old or a 22-year-old, but the, mm-hmm. the same concept of this isn't okay, we're going to need to talk about this, but we're not going to do it right now um, mm-hmm. can be helpful. Um, and I, I think as much as we can be positive, as much as we can couch our criticism in, in with a positive term, you know, I really like that you've been doing X, Y, and Z. I've noticed, you know, A and B and C. I'm wondering if we might be able to do something about that. Like, not always going like, I hate the way you do A, B, C. You know, like that. Right. And, and let me let me tell you another thing that I've I've noticed sometimes with parents who have like they may read an article and it says ask the child and and see what they say. And so I've I've seen people get upset when they say so. Here's what I noticed. And so do you think that was the right way to handle that? And the kid says yes. <laughs> and and then they get mad because there's no. Uh, it's like, where do I go from here? They still don't get it. And uh, so what are, what are the things that you think that if you're in these, these situations, are there, are there any pointers you would offer that would apply really to parents that are home, but also anyone dealing with children? Um, what, what should they stop and ask, even ask themselves or ask, um, the children in a reflective moment? What what should they do? Well, as I was saying, I think, you know, stopping and thinking if you can criticize something, is it important to do? Is it something they can change? Do they want to change it? Is this the right time? I think those are the kind of things you want to think of before you open your mouth and say something mm-hmm. you might really regret. Mm-hmm. I would say, too, that having you know, some of this is stuff they've hopefully built over years of having ground rules about how people behave and how and school and things like that are super important. I think because then you have, you've got stuff to fall back on. It's nothing new. You're like, well, we always had a rule that you would do your homework before or whatever. Like we've always had this, that you have to be kind to your sister. Like what's going on? Um, it's a lot harder to create those rules when they're mm-hmm. older. Um, mm-hmm. I think that we have to find ways to spend positive time with each other during this pandemic. I think that mm-hmm. we need to cut each other tons of slack and let mm-hmm. the bar be a little bit low. We have to be kind to each other and understand that this is just excruciating in so many ways. Sure, and sure. we have to make it through with our relationships intact. 
So I mm-hmm. think that that's important. And let as much as we want to build our kids up, we also have to make sure they know that we love them no matter what. Excellent. Thank you so much. Claire, we really appreciate you and uh, being on the show today. Those of you who may have tuned in late, um, this is uh, Dr. Claire McCarthy, who is a pediatrician at the Boston Children's Hospital. And we've just had a wonderful, wonderful conversation on how to provide uh, constructive criticism. Uh, So, Claire, thanks again. Uh, Have a great time and and be well uh, in, in Boston. Please stay safe. And the same to everyone listening in. Go well, stay well. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.